Hello and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I am your host, Larry, joined by Jonathan, and this month we are doing an October Halloween special. Today's episode is part one of Stephen King, and we'll be talking about The Shining and Carrie. So, Stephen King, that name is resonated everywhere if you talk about an author who just loves writing. I think he's very, very dedicated to his craft, and he's explored many different genres, but he's very well known for his horror. Growing up, I remember when I hear Stephen King's name, I would just think, like, oh yeah, he's he's the guy who wrote all of the books for those horror miniseries we see growing up in the 90s. And, uh, you know, a lot of his films would play on TV, and, like, that's just how iconic his name is, and that's just how, how iconic his work is. And uh, I do think uh, the reason we're doing Stephen King the first episode is because we believe Stephen King is a huge pioneer in pushing the horror film genre forward. He's the one that kind of established a lot of the foundations of it, and I think everyone just kind of picks off at it and just kind of interprets it, retells it in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, when I hear the name Stephen King... I remember as a kid just being afraid, you know, I was like, oh, that's by Stephen King. No, I don't want to watch it or no, I don't want to read it. And just associating horror with the name Stephen King. And, you know, Stephen King has done quite a number of things for the horror genre. And and the reason why we're picking The Shining and Carrie is because these stories these stories are stories, I guess, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to, uh, they're very, put it? they're, they're very well known. Everyone knows them. Yeah. Like if you were to mention it to someone who doesn't really know much horror films, who doesn't know much just films in general, but you, you mentioned the shining or Carrie, they're like, Oh yeah, I've, I've heard of that. I've heard of those two, or mm-hmm. I've heard of one of them even. Mm-hmm. And everyone always throws quotes and mentions from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's always saying, here's Johnny. Everyone's, you know, doing all these, <laughs> <laughs> all these quotes. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, it's just so iconic. Right, um, right. And that's why we're going to talk about them today. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, oh, did you have anything else? No, no, You can. we can go ahead and start talking about the films. Okay, so The Shining was... So there's two versions of The Shining, or two well-known versions of The Shining. There is the 1980 film version by Stanley Kubrick, and the 1997 version, which is like a uh, six-hour miniseries. Stanley Kubrick is a pretty well-known director has a very distinct sense of style and I do think he did a very good job interpreting The Shining and readapting it to kind of tell a story that's more how do you say it's it has more commentary than uh, the actual story itself so like a lot of the characters are kind of like he's using them as a uh not like a medium What's symbols? the word? Yeah, he's not symbols. It's close to symbols, but it's like a vessel. There you go. He's okay. using characters, the characters in um The Shining as a vessel to make a commentary on what was kind of going on around the 1980s. Because The Shining 1980 film is very much different from the actual book itself. It kind of plays out the same, but it's kind of like it's there's a few things that the book 
does differently than the film, but the film does it differently to kind of reinterpret and retell the story and not be like a direct adaptation of it. So, Jonathan, we watched The Shining together like last year, I'd say. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it was probably it probably was last year. Yeah. What did you think of it when we first watched it? You know, I I kind of went in knowing that it was an older film um and knowing that it was a I guess you can call it a classic, you know? Um iconic might be a better word. But yeah, knowing that it was just like an iconic horror film. And so I liked it knowing its context, if that makes sense. I feel like in the 80s, a lot of horror films are like kind of just told for the sake of scare factor. And nowadays, a lot of horror films are told like that, too. Or a lot of horror stories are just told for the sake of scaring people, you know. And yeah, a, a lot of people like that. I mean, uh, one of our cousins and one of our friends, they watch scary movies just to get scared. Like, that's the point. I don't watch scary movies to get scared. No, thank you. I watch scary movies like for the story, you know, um, and, and for, for the characters and to, to kind of watch these things unfold and to kind of see the characters like interact with the story. And I thought that the shining was doing that. Like one of the first films of its time to tell a horror story with meaningful characters, meaningful story, you know, that's kind of like driving these characters. Because I felt like, you know, a lot of horror films and, you know, y'all could fight me if you want, please do. Like a lot of horror films are just, you know, for let's just do it for the sake of gore or for the sake of violence or for the sake of blood. It's like how nasty and gross and scary can we get, you know? And I felt like The Shining went against that. And it was like, no, we're going to tell a story with horror. And we're gonna it's gonna be meaningful. And that's why I think the shining is so is so good. Now there's few directors are trying to kinda of do the same kind of feel to it. It's kinda of like the story's very slow. There's nothing scary at first. It's just so much build up, so much character set up. And it's like, <laughs> what the heck? Like am I like watching snails crawl? Like it's so <laughs> like the shining is that slow. Yeah. But everything just kinda <laughs> gets thrown at you at the mm-hmm. third act um mm-hmm. and it's and it's all done well within its context so if you're looking for something like that definitely if you have not checked out the shining definitely check it out mm-hmm. but expect that okay don't expect something like right when you start watching it don't expect something something there for you real quick it takes a long time to build up mm-hmm. and so the miniseries made in 1997 still called the shining it was directed by Mick Garris and actually adapted from Stephen King's own teleplay. So from the man himself, he wrote this teleplay screenplay. And this one is a lot more faithful to the book. Because I know in the original, I know the wife in the original film didn't have too much like character growth or development. Mm-hmm. But in this mm-hmm. one, you definitely see it. You definitely see more shades of mm-hmm. this character. Mm-hmm. And... You really start to kind of see all three characters get like the spotlight, and you know, because they have six hours to tell this story, of course, they're going to use as much as they can to do it. Um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> also, as a warning, this film is this miniseries is so freaking slow, <laughs> <laughs> it is so slow. But like, the, the problem with it wasn't it's it's uh it's pacing, it was more, I want to say, it was definitely more the writing because a lot of the writing just mm. felt a little too fit better for a book than an actual 
teleplay. Hmm, right. I mean, um, Stephen King is more known for his novels. Right. And, yeah. Which is fine. Like, Stephen King, I, I love your work. I love your stuff. But, like, sometimes, like, y- like the film, the, the TV screen is a different medium than the book. <laughs> and so when you directly pull lines from your book and throw it on TV, it just sounds funny or it just looks weird. Yeah. And I feel like that's what he did for a few of the scenes. I'm, like, looking at it. I'm, like, dude, like, that's that's just so bad. <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but... Because around the 90s, I feel was when maybe it's just like a childhood nostalgia horror factor to it. But around the 90s, I feel like they really started to master their use of prosthetics and their horror makeup. Like Mm. this miniseries nails it. Like Mm. uh, because this film was kind of running the background. I was kind of doing my own stuff. But like I would immediately turn my head to the screen the moment I saw like a jump scare or like, uh, you know, like a like a zombie (laughs) or something. I'm like, what the heck? Like. That looks really freaking scary. <laughs> like <laughs> that looks so good. And this was before they had digital imagery and CG to make use of it. Um, mm. So there's an iconic scene in The Shining with the bathtub. The miniseries does it way better. <laughs> so mm. um, if you're if you want to look at it from that perspective, I I do recommend the miniseries if you kind of just want to see that aspect to it. Like if anything, like I might rewatch it just so I can kind of better prepare myself for Doctor Sleep because. Well, Doctor Sleep's coming up, but we'll talk about that later. But um, but yeah, because it's a better faithful adaptation of the book. I do think it's it's more to understand that once you kind of go in through watching the Shining miniseries. This one's really hard to find. You can find it archived somewhere on archive.org, or you can buy it on DVD on Amazon. But this thing is really rare. It's hard to find. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so, let's move on to Carrie then. Is mm-hmm. that all you had for the Shining? Yep, that was it. Cool. You can start it off. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that might be good because I am a bad host and I did not watch, I did not rewatch Carrie for this. I watched Carrie a long time ago, probably when I was in early college. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see what you can remember. (laughs) You know, all I remember is, (laughs) is, is a girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Who has magic powers. Okay. She's in high school. Yep. She gets picked on. Mm-hmm. Um, she's She gets victimized. And then this um, they set up a trap for her at homecoming. And um, she gets invited to go to homecoming with like the hottest guy in school. He takes her. They name her homecoming queen. And then that's when the prank part comes in. And they dump a bucket of pig's blood on her. And when that happens, she just goes like bat bleep crazy. Um, and starts just going haywire and killing people, using her powers to just kind of, you know, wreak havoc on the small little town that she's just, she's a part of. She ends up killing her mom. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I yes. believe. Yeah, I believe she kills her mom. She has a really toxic relationship with her mother. And yeah, and then I don't remember what happens at the end, but I do know she just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. That's the good gist of it. You actually remembered it pretty well, to be okay. honest. Because when I walked in watching Carrie, I'm like, I don't remember anything at all. I just know she gets picked on. That's it. <laughs> That's really, I didn't really remember much. Um, yeah. But yeah, you pretty you hit pretty close to home, but not quite. A few, a few missing details okay. that were yeah. actually very, very important. Yeah, why, why don't you fill that in? Um, sure. So Carrie 
is about a high school teenager who does get picked on by everyone just because uh, there's no real particular reason why everyone just kind of just socially yeah. outcasts her no That's nobody just... needs a reason to pick on people they yeah. just do it yeah yeah they just kind of do it to kind of just you know show that they're the boss kind of mm-hmm. thing bullies so, mm-hmm. yeah so she goes home her mother is very f- religiously fanatic like mm-hmm. dangerously religiously fanatic like mm-hmm. she would say like in the very first opening scene carrie she's has her period but it's really really late and she doesn't know what's going on that's why all the girls pick on her yeah that's like and the opening so, scene mm-hmm, yeah. yeah and then so when she goes home her mother goes and tells her he was like oh my god you're bleeding you're like the spawn of satan you gotta you yeah, gotta pray you, you gotta do this yeah. yeah i'm like dude like girl you crazy what you doing that's your daughter <laughs> um so so she, she just has this really bad reputation. Uh, the mother has this really bad reputation with just everyone. Everyone just yeah. thinks she's like a kook. Yeah, she's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So Carrie just goes home. She just doesn't want. And then she gets locked up by her mother. <laughs> like, in like, like it, a cellar it, it, or yeah, something. it's just like really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like in like a cellar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just gets really, really bad. I'm like, wow. Like, I don't. I can understand why Carrie does what she does because, like, this isn't, like, the best way to live. You know, like, mm-hmm. no one loves you, not even your own mother, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, it's very sympathetic. Yeah. So, um, yeah. she just kind of goes through that. And then, you know, like you said, she gets asked out by someone from, to go to prom. It's actually not, it's actually prom, not home. Oh, okay. So, gets invited by someone to go to prom. The whole plan enacts. She, she goes to prom, snaps, kills everyone goes home her own mother tries to kill her and that's why she kills her mother mm. and then she burns down her house and i think at the end is like a jump scare and to say that she's still alive or something um mm. something like that okay but yeah carrie to be honest i don't really think carrie was too much of a horror film i think maybe the thought of it is scary but like it wasn't really like presented as a horror film. There really wasn't too much to fear because, like, because hmm. in The Shining, you know, the kid has like these, uh, this ESP sense, you know, and he can yeah. see things. Mm-hmm. But like in Carrie, it's just Carrie, you know, she's just an angsty teenager who's gone with through telekinesis. Some, yeah, with telekinesis, <laughs> who's really gone through, who's gone through some really bad things, and yeah. uh, it's more of like a. Uh, you know those horror stories that have really tragic backstories like carrie is like i think if anything carrie's the one that kind of established that footing mm. you know yeah. like she isn't just going on a killing spree just cause like you know there's this there's, there's some reason behind it um mm. yeah. and i think combining like what the shiny does and carrie is what kind of everyone just pretty much does for the horror genre yeah um, and there's no real explanation to her telekinesis she just has it but a lot of character arcs, a lot of character symbolism. So definitely, Carrie is a little old, though. Like its storytelling methods are really old, <laughs> um, which is you why mean that we... the actress who plays her is old. Is that what no? You mean? Like its storytelling methods are old. Like okay. some of the stuff they do or say, it's sort of like saying, like you know, I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> it's just really boring. Like I don't yeah. really know what you're trying to say with this shot or with this scene. Like it's not really. I don't know why it's there. Mm, Um, Or, like, its pacing takes a little bit too long for certain things. Mm. Um, Which is why we have the 2013 remake. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about that one. What what are the major differences? This one does a really good job. It does open with 
Carrie's shower scene, but that's the second scene. The very first scene is actually the mother giving birth to Carrie. Mm. Um, Carrie's mother was the... She had an affair with someone, and then that person ran away, and so she had Carrie by mm. herself. Yeah, okay. so so now they explain the mother's backstory like too. Why, like, yeah, why why she hates uh-huh. Carrie so much? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of alluded in the original film, but you don't really see it. But in this one, mm. you see it. They they kind right. of show it and they tell you. I'm like, yeah. wow, like that's really interesting. So they start adding a lot more layers and backstory to it. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest criticisms for this film was that they didn't really utilize its modern setting and i I was watching i'm like what are you talking about they have cell phones they have everything like what like what like no like (laughs) everything's fine like what's wrong my only problem uh so i like this remake because it's a little more modern storytelling now so it's using more modern methods faster in pace Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah yeah my only i have two problems with this film though a lot of the lines and scenes are taken directly from the original Mm. so they don't really do anything new you know they just kind of like Oh, they just take it's like blowing up the poster of Carrie and putting up in HD. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what this film feels like, mm-hmm. with like a little bit of things on the side. And my second gripe was that Carrie's telekinesis felt more like a superpower than X Men would have than something really scary. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like imagine like uh, is it Jean Grey from yeah. X Men? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. <laughs> but like in, in, right. in like a Carrie story, I was like that yeah. this this just doesn't feel right because right. Uh, the way things look now, like it's easy to compare Carrie to like a superhero film because we've seen superhero films just kind of trend mm. and yeah. we kind of see those powers, and then it was hard to distinguish that superhero power versus like it's not scary. You know what I mean? It didn't feel scary enough. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, that this angst that that this teenager has this rage to kind of push. Like mm. you just don't see that. You just see like things flying out, and it's just like, oh, she has superpowers. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. what you said there reminds me of um, the story, the movie uh, *Brightburn*. It's like a retelling of Superman, where like you know the the kid has Superman's powers, but he he's like evil. He's like the evil Superman. Oh, I didn't know it was a retelling of Superman. Yeah, it's I a just, retelling. Oh, of, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a retelling of Superman, but from like the it's like the antihero spin to it it's supposed to be clark kent but like what if he grew up and became evil instead of good but that just reminds me of that like superhero you know like powers and horror movies mm-hmm. yeah do you think that like part of that scare factor of carrie is like due to its time because like you because like you said nowadays we're like more open to like telekinesis as like a power for like a superhero because we're so engrossed in like superhero films and like Marvel and stuff like that, that like, you know, like, Oh, we see that. And we're like, Oh, that's actually kind of cool. You know? But then back in like the seventies, like if people had those powers, like you would see them as like, you know, people who worship Satan or, you know, like people who are, you know, like part of the occult or you do witchcraft and stuff, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. Because I, I do think around the seventies, even like Dungeons and Dragons wasn't like too right. hot with everyone, right? You know, so it's kind of like that that same aspect to it. Yeah, I guess it just kind of shows like how we're evolving. Like mm. it's just it's just not scary. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, yeah, telekinesis. Totally. That's cool. Telekinesis is cool. Um, <laughs> but see, like 
in Carrie, the original Carrie, I feel like they kind of overdo the psycho sounds. <laughs> mm. You know, they overdo it. It sounds um, super psychedelic. <laughs> it sounds like uh, <laughs> you just hear violence screeching every second. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, uh, okay, like I get it, but it's like, <laughs> like that's what the original film does. The new film yeah. doesn't do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought like, okay, you're I get it. You're overdoing it though. I get that it's scary, but like, like oh my god, look at this, look at this, look at this. Like, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. But um But one thing I really do have to say, um there's a the scene, the prom scene in the original Carrie where she walks up to accept her award. Like mm-hmm. that scene was so freaking well done. I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> This was so good. I'm a little disappointed the the re- reboot didn't do it. If the reboot could take anything from the film, they should have taken that exact same scene because <laughs> that was, they just did a really good job. Because like the way they built the tension, the way um, you just start you just start to kind of see like oh look you know she's so happy she's so excited that she won the award even though she kind of feels like underneath there there might be something up but she's just kind of enjoying the moment. It's like it was like played at like super slow motion just her walking up to accept her award and then i think she had like a bystander friend who saw what was going to go on and she was trying to warn her warn carrie that something was going to happen mm. but she gets pushed off to the side and you kind of see all this happen in like a three minute slow motion montage i'm like wow this is such a good scene of the two carries both are good in their own right just kind of know what you're walking into so old carrie you're gonna see a lot of violin screeching you can hear a lot of that, and in the, in the reboot, you're gonna—it's a lot more modern, but it might not be as scary, just because it's like you know we just don't see that kind of telekinesis that scary now. So, mm. yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, but for *The Shining* and *Carrie*, these two films very, very foundational, very classical, and I do feel like they are one of the core foundations for horror film genre for this era of cinema history. All right, that does it for this episode of The Outside Story. For Stephen King Part 1, Part 2, we'll be talking about It, the miniseries, and It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 